The audio podcast edition of Farlands or Bust is made possible by support from fans on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash Mac to keep this series commercial free. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Kurt, and welcome back to Farlands or Bust. I know, Wolfie, I know. Oh, you're right here next to me. Hello. <laughs> oh, what a surprise. Well, what what are you doing here? No. <laughs> oh, man. Welcome back to Farlands or Bust. This is episode 589 of the series. Of the series, indeed. As we exit... We, we stretch our cramped legs and exit that hidey hole from the last episode. From that last episode, about a month ago, that episode came out. Because today... Oh, there, that way is east. That was confusing. Today, this episode, episode 589, is coming out on Sunday. Sunday! Sun, Sunday! 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 Sunday, June 5th, 2016. Now here's the rub of that situation, I am actually wibbly-wobbly-timey-wimey, I am actually recording this on Tuesday, May 24th. <laughs> so still in the midst, in, in the final throes of Kurt Batical 2016 here in May, but I decided, I decided, let me get on with my decisions, I decided to record some Farlands or Bustuses, get them in the hopper, get to the hopper, get them in the hopper, and, and get them up and ready to go up when I doth well please. Uh, and I please to release this one, like I said, episode 589, on June 5th, 2016. June 5th is a special day in Farlands Bust history because uh, June 5th is when the series... Thanks a lot, Wolfie. <laughs> I'm glad to see nothing has changed. Uh, June 5th, 2011, episode 31, is when I changed the name of the series from Adventures in Minecraft, or Minecraft Adventures, I don't even remember. I changed the name from the original Let's Play title to Farlands or Bust, and it's also where I first introduced the Child's Play charity fundraiser. Five years ago is when that happened. Not... It's also it's also where I decided to uh, mark the the end of what I called season one and season two, uh, just to give it a nice round kind of uh, border. Even though nothing super uh, milestoney happened between those two episodes, it was just when I first decided. Yep, I've noted the increased popularity of Farlands or Bust and interest from fans. I shall use this interest for good. I shall change the name to Farlands or Bust and start raising money for Child's Play charity. Open up one of those chip-in widgets. Remember, chip-in? Chip-in widgets? Uh, try to raise $820, which we did in like five days. <laughs> I don't think even an episode came out between that and then when, when we raised that amount. Maybe two episodes? Yeah, it was like episode 33 or something. 34. But, uh, yeah. So yeah, that's why I decided, you know what? Uh, I'd like to have an episode, and perhaps the episode of The Return from Sabbatical, Kurt Batical, uh, come out on June 5th. Uh, for that reason. Uh, so that was good. But I've also decided 
It's been a while. Uh, Kurt, Kurt Batical here. It's actually been, that, that was uh, exactly a month, wasn't it? Uh, are we, maybe it was May 5th or May 6th that I released the last uh, episode of Far Lands of Bus where I introduced the Kurt Batical. Uh, so yeah, pretty much uh, easily a month, so that was good timing. Uh, but I'm recording this much earlier on May 24th because I'm feeling the itch. Uh, I'm fe- I'm feeling the burn. Oh man, I should I should consult a physician. Uh, I don't want to lose my commentary voice, obviously. Um, but I also do miss. You know, I that was kind of part of the reason of going on a sabbatical is to kind of remember, remind yourself why you do such things as these, and just the fact that I do miss making recording videos talking by myself in in a spare bedroom into a microphone uh is something is just an activity that is missed in my day to day uh i don't want to say oop that's definitely a spawner but that that i don't mm, i think uh, do we want to ah uh, we do have the resources we do have the resources don't we uh, we have a lot of uh, dirt, is what I was looking for. All right, let's try to uncover it. If there's not something amazing in there, I'm going to be frustrated. Frustrated. Let's actually get Wolfie to sit down, and then we'll talk. Uh, but yeah, not really, I don't want to say an outlet. I'm not, like, emotionally opening up to you here, folks. But just an outlet, just to, like, talk. That kind of, like, verbal outlet. Like, to have my voice work. <laughs> you know, it, it's a weird thing to... To, uh, to try to describe, I suppose, but uh, I, I've decided to give it a shot. Uh, I've also given myself a, a way out where I can be like, alright, this might be a bad idea, maybe I shouldn't do this. Uh, so it's it's a distinct possibility also that maybe, uh, well, you wouldn't know because it wouldn't see the light of day. That maybe I'll be like, alright, maybe the the way recorded two weeks early Far Lands or Bustas is aren't, aren't as... Uh, Poignant and topical as I would hope they would be. That's still a possibility, but I've not, uh, I've not given up complete uh, hope there in that regard. Uh, how do I want to do this? I probably want to cover up the bottom as well to make sure no water gets through. Um, so yeah, I've decided to do this. I've decided to do this. I'm not sure how many episodes I'm going to do. It's also, I feel like it's a good idea to get ahead in Far Lands or Bust series uh, episodes. Because it's like the only constant on my channel and on my uh, YouTubes and whatnots. It's the only constant. So I can I can get ahead with Far Lands or Bust. And then when I do officially return from the sabbatical, Kurt Batical... I can concentrate on exploring alternate videos to record and produce video games, getting back into old series, uh, live streams without having to worry, oh my gosh, I have to get Farlands Bust up, blah 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 blah. Uh, I've already got at least a few in the hopper ready to go, so this is my reasoning. Um, of course, because this, and because of this, the topics that we discuss in these episodes are going to be mildly out of date and uh, or I'll just avoid topics of I'll avoid topics of timely nature uh, so I'll, I'll talk about what I've been up to I still have a ton of like questions these uh, questions from donors uh, have been piling up and I'll, I'll surely don't call me surely I'll surely get to uh, a bunch of these because they are really of no 
uh, usually timed importance, you know, they're not really talking about current events or anything like that. Uh, so we'll get through those, and uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, I don't know, I might, this might be the only episode that gets up recorded so early, or I'll do like two or three more. Uh, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Of course, also, also with that, the uh, the main reason why I like to, oh, that's a shovel that's gone right now, isn't it? Yes, yes it is. Uh, I also like to record these episodes and then release them right away so that our Child's Play charity fundraiser goal is is mostly current. Obviously it's not going to be current for this episode and perhaps whatever other episodes I record super early. So where we left off? Where did we leave off? I should have actually gotten a, an update. Alright, hold on a minute. I'll, I'll be un momento. Well isn't that making sense right here? Right now I'm recording this, like I said, I'm recording this on May 24th. May 24th. The Child's Play Charity Fundraiser is currently at $33,500 on the dot. Somebody likes their round numbers. That is exactly 55% of the way to our $60,000 goal. So, that being said, I'm very interested to see what that amount is when this episode finally goes up on June 5th. Uh, that, that'll be an interesting uh, thing to keep track of. Uh, and uh, of course because of that I can't really give any other timely updates as to the Child's Play charity thing. Obviously this is a spider spawner and obviously there's only one chest. Well maybe not super obvious but let's check it! Oh, <laughs> nothing special at all. A bucket and a single iron ingot which uh, gives us that shovel, shovel's worth back of our iron that we used to actually dig down here. So it, it even Steven here on this one and uh, no other chest. That is a shame. That's a shame indeed. Let's get out of here before the spoiders start spawning. Spoining spoiders. Pleasure, pleasure doing business with you my friends, but uh, I must go. I left Wolfie, no I left Wolfie over here. The boat went on its own accord. Honda accord. Uh, so yeah, that's cool. That's cool. That's a nice round number to stick with. So yeah, let's see. Obviously I can't like, let's see how far we can get because you guys aren't going to see this until June 5th. So I can't like encourage you to uh, to donate. I mean I can right now. Farlandsbus.com is where you can donate to Child's Play Charity. You want to do it uh, for the five-year anniversary of raising money for Child's Play Charity. Uh, I just fell off the uh, elevated hiking hole here. Uh, if you want to do that, that'd be great. Uh, and uh, we'll we'll continue raising money, helping get toys, books, games to kids in hospitals around the world. As the sun sets, uh, that's actually the moon rising. <laughs> we will go to sleep and continue in the morning. And awakeness. And awakeness. It's now dawning on me. Aside from the dawn dawning on me, that uh, yeah, this is going to be kind of weird to deal with. In my head, it was like, ah, oh, it'll be fine. It's far lines of bust. I really don't need to like say stay super uh, up to date or anything like that. But now I'm like realizing how it is kind of throwing me off. It's the the vibe. The vibe has changed. There there is a different vibe, uh, a different smell in the air. But that's all right. I think we can deal. I think we can deal. Uh, one of the ways we can deal is talking about things that happened a long time ago. <laughs> So we're, we're both talking in the past here. I'm talking uh, firstly here about on May 9th there was the transit of Mercury, like I 
mentioned a few times in the last uh, couple episodes of Farlands and Busts. Mercury, the the smallest and closest planet to our sun, passed in front of the sun from our perspective here on Earth on May 9th. For myself, it was already in progress during sunrise. And funny story, I was going to, there were quite a few, like I mentioned, uh, if you don't have a telescope or whatever, go find your local astronomy club and they'll be sure to have events set up for the transit of Mercury, usually. Uh, There certainly were, I did find uh, quite a few around the Phoenix area that I was planning on going to. Uh, But then I realized, hmm, I would rather be by myself. (laughs) So... I remembered also that I had purchased solar film. You can buy, uh, the company is called Badder, B-A-A-D-E-R. You can buy solar film. It's literally just the the loose film. It looks like foil. It's not foil. Foil will not work. You will not see through aluminum foil. Uh, but it looks like uh, foil, but it is special optical solar film that you can buy in bulk. And my old astronomy club back in Illinois purchased in bulk and then uh, distributed to members, uh, I still had that. I pretty much tore apart my current house searching for it since it had been boxed away somewhere in ordnance during the move. Uh, found it. Uh, meanwhile, mind, mind you, this is still the morning of May 9th. The transit is in progress <laughs> and uh, it does end eventually. <laughs> so I was working against the clock to, to create my own solar filter for my telescope. Uh, I found a bunch of old uh, particle board, not particle board, particle man, no, uh, card, not like cardboard, mat board, there we go, from like my artwork days in college, good thing I packed that and brought that along with. Uh, pretty simple thing to do, you, you cut out a circle that's about just slightly larger than your telescope and uh, with various double-sided tapes and and staples and whatnot uh, arrange the solar film within the circle, the aperture of the circle that goes over your telescope and then you find a reliable securing method to make sure it sticks on your telescope and does not like fall off your telescope while you're looking at the sun thus burning out your retinas quite literally uh, so I made, I did all that all up to spec, all safe and, uh, and, and the way you want to do things and I was indeed able to set up the telescope. I have an 80 millimeter, an AstroTech uh, AT80ED. ED stands for the, uh, instead of being achromatic, it's apochromatic. Lenses and stuff, look it up. <laughs> um, doesn't matter when you're looking at the sun. That's more matters when you're looking at like night sky objects and planets, bright objects. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I set that thing up and pointed it at the sun. Uh, funny story. Well, not a funny story, but an interesting story. Make sure you don't set up... I didn't do this. I already knew this ahead of time. Make sure you don't set up your finder scope with your main telescope when doing solar observing, because obviously that's not going to work. Uh, the best way to make sure that your telescope is pointing at the sun is to look at your telescope's shadow. And if you can arrange the telescope shadow so that you see none of the side of the shadow, you know, of the telescope, meaning that, hey, the sun is pointed directly in front of this tube, uh, that's the way you make sure you're pointed at the sun. Top tip, top astronomy tip from Kurt J. Mack. Kabow! (laughs) He's excited. (laughs) Can you tell I'm a little bit pent up with my commentary? A little bit more active than usual. Um, so yeah, I did that and, and saw a little, a lot less dramatic, obviously, than the transit of Venus was. A little 
it was barely d indistinguishable between there was also a sunspot on the other side of the sun, uh, about the same size, this little dot, but it was it was certainly moving across the face. And the most exciting part, I set it up and I maybe had like an hour, once I got everything built, the solar filter built and set it up out in my backyard, I had maybe like an hour and a half, so I set it up, I'm like, oh, that's cool, that's cool. I, I took a, tried to take a few pictures with my phone through the eyepiece, which is a difficult task indeed, and uh, did that, posted it on Instagram, or attempted to do blurry, really crummy shots. And uh, yeah, I left the telescope out there, I made lunch or something, or breakfast, I can't remember, one of the two. Uh, and uh, left it out there, and then when I saw that there was about 10 minutes less left in the transit, I went back out, and that's the most exciting part. Sure, seeing a little disk of a planet in front of the sun is neat, but once it reaches the edge, and you can watch it before your very eye slowly move past the third and fourth contact, it's called, uh, out of the disk of the sun, uh, you kind of, you, you swear, you swear that you see a little ring of light around the planet as it's halfway over that threshold. I don't think that's possible, specifically with my uh, backyard tiny telescope equipment. Uh, it's kind of imagined vision there. <laughs> but you swear you can see it like, oh, a three-dimensional planet. I don't think that's possible. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you see it, uh, zoop, disappear, and then that's it. Can't see it anymore. So that was a really cool thing. And probably, you know, I, if I had gone to one of, sure, one of these public astronomy events that showed the transit of Mercury, I probably wouldn't have been able to watch that, because you're either waiting in line or you want to forego that for the telescope's owner to actually view that through his own, his or her own telescope. So, yeah, that was interesting. So, yeah, that happened. That happened May 9th. We did some we did some astronomy. We did some astronomy during Kurt Batical. I'm actually planning on a little bit later this week or over the weekend doing some more astronomy because Mars past tense for you guys here. This is one of these weird times I'm talking about something future for me, but it's going to be past tense for when this video comes up. Uh, Mars is making it's already past opposition, but it's making its closest approach in the last 10 years or so. And no, it's not the size of the moon or any crazy viral thing you gotta look up on Snopes to make sure that it's wrong. Uh, it's it's uh, pretty, you know, you have to view it on this day because that's the specific time when it's its closest. You're really not gonna notice this week to the next the difference between the size of Mars, but I'll try to take a look at Mars. Also, Saturn and Jupiter are up, so might do some some planetary astronomy, like I said, with the Kurt Batical, getting back into some old hobbies, maybe. Testing out the water, seeing what's up. Speaking of uh, new hobbies, old hobbies, astronomy, new hobbies, vehicular uh, race cars. <laughs> uh, I also did take a trip during Kurt Batical out to California. Central uh, coast of California, Monterey specifically. Bit of a change of scenery. Take a bit of a break before uh, you know. Get get some cool. Get 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 a reminder of what cool weather feels like before. And we have already had the the hundred degree Fahrenheit plus days here in Phoenix as the days move into June as they do. Uh, and then it'll be many, many days where we never see below 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, but yeah, went out to Monterey, and I had no idea. I had no, you know, I did, I did the Monterey uh, Aquarium. Uh, went down to Big Sur. A nice, it's a nice coastal drive if you don't get stuck behind a truck. 
uh, had a had a what did I have? I, oh, I, I got my Datsun. No, I rented a car and it turned out to be a Nissan. Uh, what's the mid? Whatever the mid Altima. Yeah, sure, Altima. Why not? Uh, Nissan Altima. And uh, I'm pretty sure it had electric steering, which might have been the first car I've ever had with electric steering. And me no likey. You can hear the little electric motor going whirring as you move the steering wheel. And it's a very dead feel, so I was a little bit disappointed. Wow, I'm using a lot of boats today. I'm a little bit disappointed that I was really unable to fully enjoy the the coastal drive down the uh, California 1, I think it is. Is that, is that the one that goes down the coast between... Monterey and through Big Sur and stuff. But anyway, I digress. Uh, I also noticed on the map, like literally while I was there, I had no idea. I'm n not really aware of many things. But uh, I'm like, huh, there's something on the map called Laguna Seca. <laughs> is that like where the racetrack is? <laughs> uh, speaking of Mazda Raceways, it's called. Sure enough, it is. And the weekend I was there, I was like looking up. I'm like, oh, there's no like public, you know, ticketed. Uh, race events happening at Laguna Seca while I'm here. I wonder if I could just like visit the track and just be like, oh, neat, I can see the track. Okay, there's there's the, the corkscrew, neat stuff. All right, picture, picture. Okay, I gotta go. Uh, there was no ticketed events, but I did find out that there was a NASA, not that NASA, the uh, National Autosport Association, who really needs to come up with a different acronym if they want to stop being confused with the spaceship NASA. Um, we're actually doing a weekend event there with multiple, you know, it's like a car club. They do they do uh, 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 autocross stuff all the way up to a little bit more professional actual race car stuff. Uh, but NASA had a weekend there, but I couldn't... There was also a, a, a GT3 class event going on. Oh, hi! Hey, where'd you come from, guy? Um, this is not good. I wish to uh, go to sleep, and you're going to prevent me from going to sleep if I cannot uh, put a little bit of distance between us. But yeah, anyway, they were having an event, and there was a, a GT3 uh, car event going on, but I couldn't find any information, like spectator information. It was all information for people participating. Like, oh, you have to register your car, and this is all the blah 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 safety equipment that you need. And <laughs> But no, I'm like, I don't have a car. I just want to like go there and watch. Can I just go there and watch? So I eventually, like the day before, I just got frustrated and tweeted at the uh, the event. Uh, let's go to sleep, and we'll talk about this in the morning. And a race cars, <laughs> and a race cars. Ow! That those those shoes, those those boots are not going to last too long. These boots were not make, made for falling. But yeah, I eventually ended up tweeting at the, uh, the, I forgot the name of the series, but whatever the GT3 series Twitter was, I'm like, is I can't find any information on any websites. It's not even listed as an event on the Laguna, the Laguna Seca website. Uh, is there, like, spectator access to these events? And they're like, sure, come on down. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess. So I went on down. Uh, drove over to Laguna Seca, which is like a 20-minute drive or so from Monterey, and uh, drove on up, and like, it's very, very, very beautiful track, by the way, if I can give my first impressions. It's it's nestled in the rolling hills of the uh, central California coastline, I guess you could say, amidst vineyards and wineries and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I drove right up there and uh, pretty much drove the, <laughs> the Nissan rental car 
like up to the pit paddock area <laughs> where there was finally a person sitting in a chair and I'm like, uh, hi, uh, where can I park if I'm a spectator? And he's like, well, if you know a team, you can you can park in there if they have a, a parking spot available. I'm like, no, I'm just a dude. <laughs> I'm just, we just want to see what's going on here. Um, I, I do not know any race teams. Uh, and he's like, oh, all right, well, show me to a place I can park. And I just had to, like, sign a waiver that everybody has to sign, whether or not you're racing a car or just standing around. Just, you know, if you die, it's your fault sort of situation. Uh, park the car and... No ticket, no no cost, no anything, just walked around and there were a bunch of different class events. Uh, you could tell that there were definitely like practices going on and then I'm pretty sure some like uh, open, almost like track day stuff because there was just like random Ferraris and uh, you know, Miatas and you know, just all on the track at the same time. Not necessarily racing but just kind of driving around so I think this is all like that, that NASA car club stuff association going on. Um, and uh, yeah, pretty much just uh, stepped out of the car and was able to walk through the, the pits and, and look at all the cars that were there. And uh, there were literally, literally nobody nobody sitting in the stands. Maybe like four or five people I saw. There was like multiple stands around Laguna Seca. Nobody. Nobody in the stands. Uh, while I was there, there was like an actual race. It looked like a spec Miata race that started with like a rolling start. And then there was a like a BMW... Uh, uh, like an E30, they're all the same car, probably a spec uh, race as well, that started from a standing stop, and I got that on, on video because I just happened to be near the start stop or start uh, finish line. And they both, you know, they were holding these races at the same time, but on like separate sides of the, the track is where they started, and then eventually they started to mix together or whatever. Um, but yeah, pretty much... Uh, Pretty much had the run of the place, kind of uh, walked around, and it, it really reminded me of what uh, Cone Dodger talked about. I can't remember what video he talked about this with, but he was talking about how all these video games, your your Forzas, your uh, Gran Turismo's, uh, your, your Grid Autosports and stuff, they all depict these these race events. You know, when you're in a Forza game and you're driving your you know, whatever the first car you end up getting, your, I don't know, Accord, not, well, can you drive an Accord? You know, whatever, a little Honda Civic, uh, you know, D-class car you have a race in. Like, at all the racetracks, the stands are packed, and there's there's hot air balloons, and those flappy, flappy arm inflatable flappy guys that are, like, outside car dealerships, and uh, there's there's a bunch of vendors, and... Uh, just like people lining the streets. It's not at all like that at all at these racetracks. You know, it's not every single race isn't a NASCAR race or a Formula One race. You know, it's not a huge spectacle or or, or big commercial event. There's not advertisers everywhere. It was literally, I feel like I was the only spectators. Uh, everybody else who was there was there because they were like on a team or they owned a car or they were the ones actually driving. So, you know, it, it really put that in perspective, and I, I honestly really enjoyed it. Uh, pretty much could go anywhere, or didn't even end up sitting in any of the grandstands or whatever. Um, there was nobody, nobody was announcing the races uh, or anything like that. Um, I mean, there were, there were officials and things, obviously, for the track. Uh, I got to meet one of them because, like I said, I could just walk around, you walk over the... Uh, the bridges over the track and stuff, and uh, I walked back the 
near the front stretch, there was a bunch of grandstands, and I was just walking behind them, and there's the final hairpin. Uh, I'm sure it has a name. I'm sorry I'm not recognizing the name or remembering the name or the, the turn number or whatever, but that final hairpin uh, after uh, the corkscrew and after uh, that series of turns after that, there's that final left-hand hairpin that goes into the straightaway, the front straightaway. Um, I just kept walking out there, and then I, I kind of noticed I'm kind of close, like I'm just on the other side of the wall of this 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 hairpin. Uh, and I'm just like walking around. There's a path. There's a gravel path back there. So I'm like, this this seems all right. It's all connected. There's no there were no gates or, or fences between this and and the public grandstands uh, until <laughs> until an official <laughs> who was like in her full like fire suit official fire suit and had the full radio helmet not helmet uh, headset on uh, was like, uh, you can't be back here. <laughs> this is not a place for you to be. And I'm like, oh, uh, I had no idea. I was just walking. There was apparently a second fence that was like a little bit further away and up a hill where I should be, but there was nothing that prevented me. I was first, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Look at how close you can get to the track. Uh, wait a minute, this seems kind of dangerous. I was behind, I was behind a, a, a barrier, a solid barrier and, and a tire wall and a, and a catch fence, obviously, but one fence too close, I guess. So that was that was interesting story of the day. But yeah, I walked all around and then uh, it really put into perspective from somebody who's only seen the track in video games, kind of the scale and the location of everything. Uh, the fact that the, the corkscrew is actually really hidden. Like you can't see it at all from the vast majority of the track. You have to go walking, hiking more so up this pretty big hill and then you get a very, a very kind of a. Uh, we get, you can get a good view of it, but it's a little bit of a restricted view. There's a bunch of trees in the way and stuff of the corkscrew, but that was fun just to hang out there and watch. Uh, but then also a cool thing from atop that hill, you can't see the corkscrew, but from atop that hill, you can look over and pretty much see the rest of the track, except for that back uh, section with the corkscrew and a few left hand turns. Uh, so that was really cool. So yeah, I, that was enjoyable. And like I said, there was no major events. I, it was completely free to just drive up, drive on in, and, and walk around and watch uh, cars race around. Uh, I didn't stick around for the the GT3 class or like Porsche's uh, race, uh, just because I had been there long enough already, and I, I didn't anticipate having, you know, I thought I was just going to go and be like, oh, cool, Laguna Seca, and then leave. Uh, but I actually watched some cars go around. Um, but yeah, that was a, a cool experience, and uh, I felt like uh, felt like sharing that, sharing that with everybody. Kind of like I said, a, a pretty stark contrast to what you see with your NASCARs and your Formula Ones events and things like that. Additionally, additionally, I just this past weekend uh, went to a race event here in Phoenix, the Red Bull Global Rallycross, which is... Oh god, we're doing the freezing thing again. Uh, <laughs> which is uh, exactly like the Rallycross we play in uh, Dirt Rally, uh, except sponsored by Res Red Bull at this place called Wild Horse Pass Motorsports Park, just a bit south of Phoenix here. Uh, it was enjoyable, it was a good time. Uh, I didn't have any... any uh, Drivers in the race, you know, that I was rooting for. Uh, Tanner Faust won both races, uh, as he does, as the most uh, well-funded team there. So that's kind of to be assumed. But, uh, but yeah, that was a good time. My first time seeing Rallycross. It's kind of a little bit shocking the first time to see them take a jump. It's like, oh, these cars are flying through the air. All right, cool stuff. Uh, my few critiques of that. 
Uh, obviously, with Red Bull sponsorship, there's a little bit more fanfare uh, surrounding that, but it's still, you know, pretty much you do 25 bucks, got your general admission, and you just take a seat wherever. Uh, my m a few problems I had with it is that they always, being Red Bull, extreme, extreme energy drink sports, there was always rockin' music happening during the races. Like, uh, while the, the announcers were announcing the race, it was, you know, da -na -na, you know, it felt like playing one of those Forza games where the music constantly plays in the background, or, or Gran Turismo, or whatever. Uh, so that, I'm like, I wish they wouldn't do that, I'd like to kind of hear the cars. <laughs> uh, secondly, there was no view as a spectator uh, of the start-finish line. There was a special, like, huge Red Bull uh, stand for, like, the, the spotters, and, and kind of a Red Bull tent for, I'm assuming, like, VIPs and stuff, but there was no view of the start-finish line, which was a bit annoying. Um, and also, uh, sure, it's a road course. You, there, was, uh, there were grandstands up where you can pretty much see uh, the track, but not all at once. Uh, it was a little bit, a little bit, I'm um, like, oh, I wanted to be able to see the whole thing at once, kind of, but I, I can see why that's, you know, with road courses, why that's not completely possible. But the start-finish thing was a little bit annoying. Uh, and there was only one grandstand you could sit at where they also had a big screen monitor in the middle of the track that where you could then sh see the rest of the race going on. So that was cool, that was fun. Uh, that was a, another, uh, it, it was a hot day, but I wore my, my Camelback hydration pack with water. So I was I was well hydrated. So yeah, I can I can recommend Red Bull Global Rallycross. Uh, kind of a confusing name because they never leave the United States. All of their events are in the United the the continental United States. Uh, so not not too global at all. But uh, yeah, that was a, a, a decent time. Not a bad uh, twenty five bucks spent for per ticket. I, I wouldn't say at all. And uh, I can recommend that if if it comes to your town. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was pretty cool. And, and hey, I got to, there's the, uh, the supercar class, which is the one, the famous people, Tanner Faust and whatever, are all driving in. But then there's the lights, uh, which is pretty much the, they have like half the horsepower and, uh, it's pretty much the, the minor leagues of Rallycross. Uh, a couple of those races were interesting around the, the final hairpin when one of the cars did a did a Kurt J. Mac move of of doing a roll, <laughs> flipped over, did a whole roll on its roof and then back over on its wheel and then bloop, continued driving on and and actually didn't lose the race. They they passed one more person before the race was over, uh, so that was kind of cool. <laughs> Get to see a, how often does a race car flip over and then continue on with the race uh, while you're watching. That's something I, I'm afraid I wasn't recording or taking any pictures at the time, but uh, uh, that was kind of cool to see. And then. And then, with that, you can walk around the pits to your heart's desire. So, got to go back and watch them uh, beating on that uh, car that rolled over to get all the things back in the situation into, into proper order. Uh, so, that was pretty cool. That's something else that you don't get uh, with your standard passes to your to your NASCARs and, and your Indy cars or uh, Formula One races or anything, is just to be able to walk back and be like, okay, I'm right outside the pits, hello! Uh, and then after the race, I was walking around, and there Tanner Faust was just there taking pictures. There was a little bit of a small crowd. I've had a larger crowd at Minecon waiting for my autograph than people for Tanner Faust at this Red Bull event. If I can, if I can toot my own horn, toot toot, toot toot. But uh, yeah, so yeah, a little bit of a wrap up there as to what's been going on with the Kurt Batical. Like I said, this is this has been recorded well before you're seeing it on June fifth. So there's no use. Um, telling me anything specifically here, because I'm from the past. 
But uh, I'm not sure how many more of these I'll do. I'm just kind of finding time, and uh, it feels good. It feels good. I don't feel back, and I don't want to be back. I'm still on Kerbatical. Uh, but if you're seeing this, I suppose I am technically back on YouTube. Uh, thank you, everybody, for your uh, support throughout this time. And uh, continuing. If you're watching this, then that means you're continuing to watch. You haven't left. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, keep going to farlandsabus.com to donate to Child's Play Charity. My name is Kurt. Thanks so much for watching. I will see you next time. What are you doing here?